Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, we've got some interesting uh, information for you today. I think you're really going to enjoy this. You might want to grab a pen and a pad of paper and, and sit back and take some notes. My first guest today is Gene Hino, who's been with us before from uh, Gene Hino Incorporated. And uh, Gene is an insurance broker, and he works in the field of health insurance, which, as we all know, is not only a sizable portion of our business budget, but it's also ever-changing. And uh, there are more changes coming up, and we're going to talk about that. So let's get right into it with Gene. Uh, we're going to talk about health insurance. What changes do you need to be aware of? Gene, welcome back. Thanks for joining me once again on the show here. Well, thank you, Bill. Uh, pleasure to uh, join you, and uh, more than uh, happy to uh, assist. And uh, yeah, there, as you said, let's get right into it. So yes, there's certainly continued changes in health insurance as there have been every year for for gosh, I forget how many years. But uh, yeah, one of one of the changes that's happening is that there's not going to be a, a penalty for not having health insurance starting January first. 2019. Now, oh. obviously, most people recognize they still need health coverage, but that is one of the changes that, you know, frankly, hasn't been all that well publicized. Yeah, I didn't. I had not heard of that, Gene. So, so this is one of the things that came in with Obamacare that was to, was intended to incentivize or basically force people to either take health insurance or pay some kind of a tax. Uh, or, uh, or or penalty, if you will, uh, for not taking it. So, did this just come about recently? Is this is this a new? Uh, uh, as we're you know we're shifting as Trump's trying to shift away from Obamacare. Is this one of these changes? Yes, it sure is, Bill. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. uh, actually went uh, went through as uh, as law here uh, a few months ago, and then uh, effective for January first, two thousand nineteen. And of course, mo most people still realize that. Oh, hey, God forbid, I'm in the hospital for a week and I've got a ninety thousand dollar bill. I need, you know, don't want to pay that out of pocket. So most people recognize that uh, they still need some type of health coverage. But uh, one of the interesting things that's that's now spawned is is some non ACA compliant plans and uh, this is kind of interesting because now there's plans for both individuals families as well as small groups and they define small group in California as from one to a hundred employees uh, and uh, you know now some of these non ACA compliant plans uh, are coming in with rates that might be 40 percent less 
than the traditional ACA compliant plans. Now, they're not right for everybody because typically, again, depending on it, uh, especially for individuals, families, it excludes pre-existing conditions. If somebody's on expensive brand medications, it's not right for you. Ongoing mm-hmm. medical conditions, pending surgeries, it's not the right uh, product. But uh, for some people, it's got a wonderful PPO network uh, largest in the country, and uh, you know it, it's a viable option for uh, the small groups. Uh, there even is some medical underwriting, whereas there's a guaranteed issue with the ACA compliant plans. So uh, again, if uh, obviously the larger the group, you know you're going to have some high blood pressures, asthma, diabetes, mm-hmm. you know some type of health situations. But uh, for a group that's uh, you know reasonably healthy, it's a it's a wonderful alternative and a tremendous to savings for the business owner. Yeah, I guess I guess you know we we've always been taught that you get what you pay for, and you better be better know what you're paying for and what it doesn't pay for <laughs> in in health insurance. So, what are some of the, I mean, if there's a forty percent rate decrease, we would expect that there would be some kind of uh, uh, surface level limitations to some of those policies. What what would we look for, Gene, to see? Would it be like a, a cap to the number of times you might go to a doctor or a hospital during a year or something like that, or where would the limitations fall? Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great question. And yes, exactly. Depending on the plan, there can be a limit of, say, five doctor visits in addition to your annual physical, which is, of course, is mm-hmm. no deductible, uh, mm-hmm. no um, copay, and uh, et cetera. And uh, so that is one of the limitations. Another limitation, again, depending on the plan, et cetera, might be for a given medical condition, they'd pay up to $500,000 in a given calendar year. But Mm -hmm. the the nice thing about it is that even if, God forbid, somebody develops some type of a health situation, they can have this uh, health non-ACA compliant health care plan but then they can go to a, uh, you know, back in open enrollment time once a year, back to an ACA plan, guarantee issue, no pre-existing conditions. So, oh, mm-hmm. you know, depending, again, on the circumstances, uh, you know, obviously we always uh, ask people to do our proper discovery and fact-finding, what's their situation, and it's not right for everybody, but, uh, you know, we found where some people maybe were paying, say, $525, for a typical ACA plan, but now with a non-ACA plan, it might be $315. So now they've got you know $200 or so a month, $2,400, $2,500 a year uh, in savings right up front on the premium. So you know it can be a, a viable alternative for uh, for many people, and it's uh, and it's an it's not well known, it's not well publicized. Even a lot right. of the insurance agents, you know, don't work with. Uh, uh, the plans, but um, yeah, absolutely, there can be nice savings depending on the situation. Now, you know, that's it's very interesting, and I guess a question that comes to my mind is, um, will this drive employers to limit the plan that they pay for? In other words, if they were paying for, like, what what was it before? There was like the the gold plan and the silver plan, you know, the, the standardized plans under under uh, Affordable Care Act, as opposed, and the employer would say, well, we'll pay 100% for the silver plan. If you want the gold plan, you need to pay for the difference yourself. Will, will this, do you think, spawn a trend of, of employers saying, we'll, play, we'll pay for these non-compliant plans 
because they're forty percent cheaper because that's the basic coverage you can get and if you want if you want up more then you've got to pay for it because employers are under the gun under you know rising wages and workers comp rates and all kinds of other costs so employers are getting squeezed pretty hard too so what do you think well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is an evolving area, and, you know, some of the answers, you know, we frankly don't know, but yes, you're right. I mean, with the typical, for a small business, typically, then you, you have a choice of your platinum, gold, silver, bronze plans, and what do you pay for? Do you pay, you know, 50% of a given plan, 80%, 100% mm-hmm. of a given plan, and then people can either take a plan with better benefits, lower benefits, et cetera, depending on their situation, or perhaps take a, you know, less expensive plan for dependents. But, uh, yeah, with uh, the non-ACA-compliant plans, well, now all of a sudden, if your rates are going to be whatever the numbers are, it comes out to 20 30 40% in savings, well, now sometimes the employer can say, oh, gosh, maybe we can't pay 80 or 100% of the mm-hmm. cost uh, of the plan where before, um, you know, it was less generous benefits or, or perhaps they didn't even offer a, a group health plan. Yeah, one way or the other, I mean, employers are always trying to save money in this area, but yet provide some kind of coverage in most cases. Now, one other thing I noticed um, is that uh, it used to be you had to have two employees to be part of a group health plan, and it looks like now it's in, in many cases it's down to one, as you mentioned earlier. What happened there? Well, that's a good question, and 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 for <laughs> practically for many people, it's two to a hundred is a good way to think of it. But for example, if uh, if you and I owned a business, and let's say that I had uh, group coverage through my spouse, or group coverage through medi- or coverage through Medicare, or coverage through uh, military, whatever, I could waive off the plan. And we could have a one-person group with you, the only one enrolling, and me waving off the coverage. So, in effect, you you might have two people there with the business, but only one person that is actually on the plan. So it's a little deceptive if you're just one individual. You don't have a business. You can't have a group plan. So there does have to be a true business relationship there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Typically, uh, uh, you know, the the most traditional ACA plans, you do need to have uh, W-2 employees, the usual deductions for, uh, you know, workers' comp and uh, uh, state, federal taxes, etc. But uh, now with some of the non-ACA plans, we can even include 1099 employees, 1099 contractors, if you will, that aren't, uh, you know, true employees by the definition. So there, there's it's a fast evolving area, and mm-hmm. uh, you know these plans, uh, you know, it, it does look like they're going to be available nationally. But obviously, I work, uh, you know, primarily in. Uh, California, although I'm licensed in Nevada, Arizona, you know, some adjacent states, but it does look like these are going to be viable alternatives depending on the situation and depending on what the uh, employer, uh, you know, can afford or wants to offer for employees. Well, it's an interesting area of expertise because it seems like we keep hearing that, you know, uh, things are going to get standardized. Um, The need for the uh, insurance agent or broker is going to be minimized. Uh, you can do this directly online through this, you know, through different things, and and yet, uh, yet things have changed now to where, uh, again, like you said, a lot of these are quiet changes. I had not heard about some of these changes, and until uh, you hear about it from a client who's facing a renewal and they get all this information, and it can be very confusing. They're like, well, 
where did all this come from? Where did all this uh, non-ACA stuff come from? And I'm wondering because I've I've heard on the on the news and things like that 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 uh, president uh, our current president has really quieted down the advertising that promotes uh, uh, enrollment availability for the Affordable Care Act type of plans and that type of a thing. So is that is that part of why things have gotten quiet about all these changes or is, is there some other factor that that uh that we should know about well uh, yeah that's definitely part of it i mean in california is certainly one of the states that the federal government is looking for as far as how the the exchange in california it's the covered california exchange and how it's it's working because you know we've got about uh oh, 15 to 17 percent of the entire enrollment in the entire nation right. under covered california so you know some questions as far as you know will the federal funding be there now the exchanges were set up to be self-sufficient after a certain point and whether that's going to happen is is a question mark. Uh, covered California is very viable today in in California, and uh, you know as far as what the future holds. Again, aside from the political situation, uh, you know whatever party is in power, et cetera, it, you know could be a factor. But right now, you know covered California is viable, and uh, a lot of people don't realize either that you know whether they go through me or they call a toll free number with covered California or with Blue Shield, or with Kaiser, or whatever, all the rates are the same. So, you know, the rates are filed with the Department of Insurance, in the case of HMOs, Department of Corporations, and so there's only one rate out there, so sometimes people think they'll save money by, you know, calling Covered California directly, being put on hold, and, you know, talk with the agent of the day on there, whereas, uh, you know, I, I can represent not only the Covered California plans, but directly to the carriers, non-ACA plans, determine whether a small group is viable and you know just just all the other factors that uh, business owners don't typically have the time and, and desire as far as learning on on all the the different rules and sure you know, what's the latest changes so yeah. uh, you know that that's an area i think where we can be proactive and really get down to the bottom line of what's in in the the individual or the or the business owner's best interest bill well, yeah, and everybody's, uh, of course, everybody's very busy these days, so they're they're tending to the business of their business, and then all of these changes come along. It's, uh, I think, for a lot of people, they're saying, they're saying, you know, I just need somebody to interpret what these changes are and how they affect me, and what can I do? Can I, uh, should I, look at some of these other alternatives? Now, one question I have for you, Gene, if we put our you know, if we get our crystal balls out, <laughs> um, mine, mine hasn't worked since uh, 1970 something. But uh, if we, if we're, you know, thinking about this this uh, Affordable Care Act dilemma here, now it seemed to me like the the main reason that was going to work was the enforcement of that alternative tax or penalty you'd have to pay if you didn't get coverage gave you a reason to get coverage. If we take that incentive away. Are, are a lot do you think a lot of people will opt out of coverage that normally would have taken it because otherwise they have to pay a penalty well you know that's a good question and and like you see as far as the crystal ball on what's actually going to happen i mean when the penalty was first put in they did projections as far as who is going to roll who is not going to enroll is it going to reduce the un 
uninsured uh, people. And in California, it has, for various reasons, reduced the number of uninsured people. Of course, you know, there's Medicaid, there's Covered California, there's direct to the carriers, there's group plans, etc. And one of the areas where the projections were quite off was that the younger uh, people from 20 to 30, 20 to 40, still tended to not enroll into mm. a plan. And many of them said, hey, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm not mm-hmm. going to contribute, I don't have 200, 300, 400, whatever the number is per month mm-hmm. to contribute. So a lot of them uh, still didn't enroll, and the, the amount that enrolled were not as good, but yet the people that were the 50 to 64 age range, they tended to have heavy enrollment, and the uninsured in that age category did drop dra- did reduce dramatically, but mm-hmm. those were the people that tended to have more claims, right. more health problems, and as a result, now the premiums we're seeing, and you know, with covered California, the average premium increase looks like it's going to be another 11% coming here January 1st, and then open enrollment uh, for all of the uh, individual family plans start on Monday, October 15th through December 15th for a January 1st effective date. So yes, absolutely. I mean, the um, you know the 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 projections have been a bit off, and mm-hmm. certainly some people will now choose not to have health insurance because of not having a penalty. But yet, you know, most most people still realize, hey, I, I need to do something. I need to have some type of coverage. And therefore, well, okay, well, what's best for them? And and that's where we just help people get the best value, depending on what their situation is. Right. The only, uh, again, back to the crystal ball, the only problem with that is if you don't have those healthy premiums coming in, those those users that pay but don't use, uh, then then the people that are enrolled are going to see probably higher and higher uh, rate increases. Uh, so so that's where these, um, these non um, Compliant plans come into play, and again, that's that's something that I think if you're a business owner and you're starting to plan your budget for next year, you probably ought to be talking to somebody uh, sooner rather than later about what your new options are, Gene, and that's where you come in. Uh, when you uh, uh, first uh, talk to people, how far in advance of most most uh, group insurance have like a a renewal date, right? Like a anniversary date, at which point they're free to uh, that most of them would make that decision to to renew or change their plan, right? Yeah, exactly. And for the groups of 1 to 100, uh, now the carriers must get the renew rates out to the group uh, 60 days or more ahead of time. So anybody with a December 1st, November, December 1st effective date or anniversary date has already gotten their renewal rates. And then the January renewal rates are going to be sent out here within, you know, sometime this month uh, between now and uh, October 31st for the January 1st effective date. And so, yeah, typically, you know, the the business owner gets the information 60, 70 days ahead of time. And then, obviously, you want to start addressing this uh, well ahead of time because depending on what the situation is, what doctors you want, what hospitals you want, uh, you're going through underwriting, filling out paperwork, whether you do it online or with actual paper, it it all takes a bit of time. And then, you know, we have to do what's best for the uh, business owner, and then that has to be communicated through the employees through enrollment meetings or however the the owner chooses to do it. So there's always... uh, 
uh, you know, allowing enough time. Uh, you know, we we can do a plan on the last day of the month for, uh, you know, the first of the month effective mm-hmm. date, but practically then you're not going to get your ID cards until the plan's been enforced for three weeks or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, you you want to do it ahead of time if that's possible. So here's the deal, listeners. When you're thinking group health, GH, think of Gene Hino, GH. Gene Hino uh, is an expert in this field and can help you interpret what you're what you might be looking at, and maybe you put it off to the side to think about it later. You should pull that back out and give Gene a call and start thinking about it now. Uh, Gene, what's the best number for our listeners to reach you at? The best uh, phone number to reach me is uh, uh, my office number is seven one four. Seven three four eight eight nine nine, and uh, also provide my cell number if that's preferable seven one four four zero three four zero zero four, and uh, one more time the office number seven one four seven three four eight eight nine nine. Would an email address also be helpful, Bill? Yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. Sure. It's uh, email is is Gene. My first name G E N E at kfico dot com. That's Gene at k is in kangaroo. F is fantastic. I is intelligent. C is congratulations. O is outstanding. dot com. So again, uh, G E N E at k f i c o dot com. And uh, look forward to assisting whoever I can. Thank you, Gene. It's all you know. It's amazing uh, how much uh, we can learn from you in just 20 minutes, and we really appreciate you coming on once again to share this information and, and update our listeners. So uh, I'll see you again sometime soon. And thanks so much for coming on today. Great, Bill. Thank you. Uh, really enjoyed it once again. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 